0: Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Alex Barstings. Let's give it up for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are so good, God. You are so good. Thank you, Mark. Who enjoyed Mark emceeing for the first time this morning? Well done. I did mentor him. <laughs> we run a market in kids' church. What do you mean, we? No, that's true. I used to run away from the uh, Sunday school teacher, <laughs> hide behind cars. and We, we have a pretty tight uh, program upstairs, so don't worry, none of the kids will, will get up to that. Um, I just want to say Happy New Year. We're back from holidays, Jess and I. Zai's going to drum for me in the background is a keen drummer. No drum solo? No drum solo, no? Maybe later. We've had a a good break and I just wanna say thank you to Maxine and Jan Strobeck for holding the fort, Liz Herman as well. Pastor Dan and Charles have been away in Alice Springs on missions trips and I think we'll hear the updates next week when Pastor Dan preaches. Um, I I was listening to Pastor Tim Hall's podcast while we we were away because he was here on on the uh, first Sunday of this year, and it was was hilarious as always, but pretty powerful, and in some ways what he preached about the Word of God has a lot to do with my message today, and as you can probably see on the screen very soon, it's titled, You Are What You Eat, because this time of year, I, I felt... The prompting from the Lord to talk about this subject, because in the natural and the physical, it's that typical time of year where we would often make New Year's resolutions, we would make promises to ourselves about a change of diet, a change of exercise plans and regimes, a change of lifestyle, a whole bunch of different things that we want to make a change for, to have a positive impact on our lives. And you know, while we were on holidays, we went to Chuka, Muayama. Who, who's been to Uchuka or Muayama before? Oh, awesome. That's a lot more than I thought because that was my first time there. We, we had a ton of fun. And, um, you know, Jess decided that we, sh- we, on behalf of me, decided that we should start our New Year's resolution of eating well. And uh, and now I, I don't know how I, I, I agreed to it. Uh, I kind of like to think that holidays, the calories don't count, you can't just do whatever you want with food, but she would pay me out, she would say to me, she'd see me eating chocolate from the uh, claw machine, and she'd be like, TNTD, and i go, what what are you talking about? She goes, today's not the day, is it? And she kept saying to herself, today is the day that I'm going to make these changes and not sit here and eat healthy. And so I I feel prophetically to declare that today is the day, that we are going to make some changes, not just in the physical, but in the spiritual. And let's let's start off with a bit of scripture. And by the way, I just want to welcome Byron Hosking, son of Mike and Liz Hosking. We we go way back in in our old church. Byron's now based in the UK. It's really good to see an old friend in the house this morning. Let's turn to John six thirty-five. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Come on. And as, as you open up to John six thirty-five, who was here for the last Sunday of twenty nineteen, and I, I preached a word about the abundant life in Isaiah fifty-five. It talks about the introduction to the abundant life, where those scriptures said, "Come and eat." Buy and drink wine, though you have no money, come and dine with me. That's the abundant life that God wants all of us, His people, even those who aren't with Him yet, to experience the abundant life, the the goodness, the fullness of God. Because who knows, whatever this world can offer is nothing in comparison to what heaven can offer, to what God can offer. So let's pick it up in John 6 35. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of whom, of, who, of Him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all He has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of Him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him May have everlasting life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Everyone, say bread. bread. You know, often in the New Testament, Jesus would describe himself as the bread of life. You know, there's many different foods. I think that Jesus could have uh, picked, could have chosen as an analogy, as a as a picture, to describe himself. And I I, I wanted. Why, why is this the case? And I did, I did a little bit of research, and I found out in his time, and I think even now in the Jewish community, as they gather around a family meal, there's a breaking of bread, and there's a blessing that's said over as the bread is broken, and so it is also with the wine. And so we know that Jesus is the bread of life. So essentially what he's saying is, he's the essential to your life. He's your everything that you need to accompany everything else that goes with what your body needs, what your mind needs, what your spirit needs. So Jesus is the bread of life. We know that His body was sacrificed. It was broken like the bread over a family meal. That His blood was poured out like the wine representing the blood. And the last point around, I think what Jesus was trying to say in, in, in that analogy, was that it's around a, a community, it's that family gathering. And so Jesus invites us into this communion with Him, that we would break bread and have wine with Him, to dine with Him, the Father and the Holy Ghost. And I, I love, we just had our, our pastors and leaders retreat over the last couple of days, our, our leaders and and, uh, you know, team leaders and department heads came to Blair Gary yesterday, and I love how there's such a strong sense of family, yeah. but it's not just family, it's an army. We, we yeah. understand, we realize we're here on a mission. Yeah. On. We, we talked about, we, we, we sense God is moving this church, the direction we're heading into, not just this year, but the decade to come. And so we're pretty excited. And I think God would have me say these words, speak this sermon, because He knows what's coming. And for us to reach the different destinations He has in mind for every individual in this house, He needs to know that we're eating right. He needs to know that we're eating well, that we're living well. You know, you may have seen the banana the bananas here on stage and the Snickers. And there's that famous saying, you are what you eat. It's kind of, this, uh, this is kind of like a, an, an analogy for perhaps my family, very sweet but full of nuts. <laughs> not, 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 not your side, not your side, perhaps more my side. And who knows that processed foods... With all the preservatives, the extra sugars, all those different chemicals that make something last for months, isn't perhaps as healthy or good for your body as something that is natural, that is good for your physical well being. And so it's kind of like this with our spiritual lives at times. And the wrapper is, rap- is environmental, it's biodegradable. How good is God? It perfectly fits into your hand. You see all those little grooves. It's a snack from heaven. And who knows that when you're eating well, you feel good. You taste good. Your body says thank you. I heard, where was that? I think Jess preached on this. If you eat bananas, you attract mosquitoes. Maybe that's a downside to a banana. On the other hand, All the anaphylactics are like, oh, no, don't do it. (laughs) When the flesh is weak, that's a very good point. When the flesh is weak, we kind of indulge. And if we're not disciplined, we kind of, I just wanted to eat chocolate this morning. (laughs) We kind of hold into something perhaps that isn't really good for us. It might taste good. For a moment. (laughs) And another moment. But after a while, you start feeling a bit of regret. (laughs) You know that that, that saying, two minutes on the lips, two months on the (laughs) hips? It's kind of true with some of the foods that we we put into our bodies. And so this is a picture of a healthy spiritual life, a God- wants us to be indulging Him, to make a regular habit of, uh, it's actually a pretty good combo. (laughs) (laughs) That as you taste and see that the Lord is good, Psalm 34, 8, Jenny Paul prophesied that this morning without knowing the Scriptures I'll be touching on. As you see that, and as you taste and see that the Lord is good, you will know that nothing else really satisfies. Snickers does not satisfy. If you are hangry, angry, snickers will not satisfy in the long run, right? As a metaphor, if you are feeding on anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, if you think you're going to hold on to that to punish that person, Done you wrong, that's not going to do any good to your body. But on the other hand, Jesus said, Forgive 70 times seven over and over again. You actually start feeling good. May it not be right away, but it actually starts to make a difference. Let's keep reading verse 41. The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur amongst yourselves. No one can come to, to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God, he has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Everyone say bread of life. In the Old Testament, we saw that the people of God, the Israelites, as they went out of Egypt, as their own source of food had started to decline and almost disappear, God, in His goodness, would provide quail at night and manna in the morning, manna being bread from heaven, this wafer, thin like bread that kind of looked like coriander seed. It tasted like a wafer with a hint of honey, straight from heaven's kitchen. And I looked it up a little bit more. You know, there's, God is so clever in all that He does that He actually prepackaged the manna ready every morning for 40 years as the Israelites wandered around the wilderness. And I saw this in, in, a, in a, a Jewish website where it talks about the, the customs of, of the past and talked about the manna from heaven. The tr- translation for manna is, by the way, what? Because as the Israelites came and found something that they didn't recognize, had no reference to, they were just like, what is this? So they termed it what? So the, the manna was the size of a coriander seed and the color of a white bed de l'ac. It's kind of like this white um, substance, which which commentaries explain is a fine crystal. In order that the manna remain clean, a north wind would blow, sweeping the ground clean, and then rain would wash it. The ground would then be covered with a layer of dew, and the manna would fall upon it, After which the manna was covered with another layer of dew as if it were packaged in a box. How amazing is that? That God would supply manna. That God would supply His bread. The sustenance that you need in a perfectly contained package. Who knows that as you read the Word of God, as you intake the living bread, who's found that in their experience it's been a perfectly packaged meal? Who's found that in your time of need, in your seeking after God for a solution, an answer, you open the Word of God and there right before you is your answer. is your perfectly packaged meal. is your perfectly packaged solution. You know, Over the years, I've asked God for many different signs and wonders, thrown out Gideon's fleece, asked for many different things. God, would you confirm it? Would you confirm it? Often, He would confirm it through His Word. Often, He would confirm it through just a a vision I would have in my mind, a a certain psalm. I, I wouldn't even know what it is off the top of my head. I would read it, and there it is. There's the answer for me. Even praying about, Jess, is she the one? Should I ask her out? Should I I date her, Lord? Because I had this thing with idolizing relationships that I thought I always needed to be in a relationship. I I laid it down for for a while. But the the thing that I feared was, am I going to idolize this person like I did before in the past? And God turned me to Isaiah. And, And He pointed out certain scriptures that talked about once was an idol, what you consider as an idol is not anymore. The perfect wording for the thing that I needed. There's other times where God would speak to you and say, go here or go there, talk to a certain person as you're seeking your answer. I was praying once about Bible college because I was working full-time. Just let him drum. (laughs) I was working full-time and studying part-time at college, and I thought, I, I kind of sense this prompting in me to do full time Bible college, but it's a big sacrifice financially. It's a, it's a big sacrifice, uh, even for my own kind of mental capacity, because I, I did not like high school that much, and I knew the demands on what a tertiary degree would require. I saw a glimpse of it doing a certificate, and I thought, I don't want to write three times as much as I do now in, in my essays. But whilst on holidays, I felt the prompting from the Holy Ghost to visit a church, Surf City Church, above the pancake shop, so a great reason to go. <laughs> and I, as I entered the building for their nighttime service, it was worship, and then straight afterwards was their Bible college graduation. And that was the very, very, very thing I was praying for. God, do you want me to sacrifice my current livelihood stretch myself in this certain area, and his answer was a Bible college graduation. So anyways, speaking of eating, I kind of have this thing wherever I visit churches. If I'm on holidays, I like to check out their Welcome Lounge because usually at the Welcome Lounge, there is food. And so I found myself at that church uh, while the Bible college ceremony was finishing, found this awesome spread of food, Caramel slices, chocolate, strawberries, grapes, and I started to eat. And I started on my own. That's <laughs> pretty bad, isn't it? Imagine if Mike and Liz were running out of welcome lounge, you found someone just hoeing into your morning tea. And as, as I started to eat, the principal, the senior pastor, walks in, and he goes to me, "Sorry, sorry, sir. This is for the Bible College students and their family and friends." Are you, part, are you part of that group? I said, no, I'm just visiting. And he was very generous, David Palmer at the time, Pastor David Palmer. And he, he said, where are you from? I said, I'm from um, Melbourne. And uh, he goes, oh, I used to live in Melbourne too. And uh, I, I said to him, I just want to say thank you because I came here tonight looking for an answer about Bible college, whether to study full-time or not. And right before me, you guys are having your Bible college graduation ceremony I'm studying part-time now, but considering full-time, and I think I want to go ahead. And he asked me, where do you study? And I said, Harvest Bible College. And he goes, well, here's another confirmation for you. I used to lecture there. <laughs> so God will speak to you in many different ways through the Word of God as you eat of His Word, as you become accustomed to His ways, to His voice, through, to His character, so that when He asks of you to do something, You can trust that voice. You can go out on a limb. You can take a risk. And sometimes at the start, as you do this, you may not hear it right. You may not get it completely correct. But then you can learn from those instances where perhaps it wasn't the Word of God. Perhaps it was just my own thoughts or my own kind of flesh. But as the more you you step out and take risks and are obedient to God. Imagine Abraham. When God had asked him to sacrifice the promise he had been waiting for decades, his own son Isaac. Imagine if Abraham said, No, you know what, I think that's just my own imagination. But what we see with Abraham was a lifetime, a pattern of understanding and knowing God's voice, his father's voice, so that when God would ask him to do something outrageous and radical, Abraham would be obedient and would trust that his father would come through. And he did. And we see Abraham as a legendary saint in the faith. We see that Isaac continued the promise. We see that Jacob picked it up. And now we get to reap as children grafted into that family of God. So God wants us to eat well not just for this decade, not just for, sorry, not just this year, this decade, but for the rest of our lives. There's some health buffs in this room. You saw one of them emceeing this morning. You see that when we look after ourselves and and do the right things to our physical body, There's benefits to it. And I I, I saw this recently. The big three pillars of good health are exercise, sleep, and food. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Then the very next words shortly after was, I came to do the will of my Father. I'm about my Father's business. We saw many examples of Jesus walking away from the multitudes after a time of ministry. We saw Him praying to God, to eating well, to having that communion with His Father in Heaven. But you know, that's not the only thing that He did. He also went about His Father's business. So, if professionals can understand that the big three pillars of good health are exercise, sleep, and food. And the Bible talks about, don't just train your, your body, but, which has some benefits in this life, but train yourselves up in godliness, which has benefits in this life and the one to come. Then I think the analogy would also extend here for our spiritual lives where perhaps for us in our own walk with God... It's exercising our faith. It's the doing. It's the eating. But it's also the resting. Get this. It says this about sleep and rest. Everything physical, mental, spiritual. So they even recognize spiritual, emotional, intellectual. About the human body thrives and builds resilience with stress and rest. Do you build Resilience through just working hard, you got to stress, you gotta, You got to rest, stress and rest. There's this balance that our bodies, our minds, our spirits need to actually grow to build resilience. It's not just about the resting, because who knows, after a while, if all you do is, is rest, it's unhealthy, you just kind of become a little bit slack, a little bit lazy, kind of get used to the midday movies. Dr. Phil rolling around, you can't kind of wait for it again. What's on Bold and Beautiful this afternoon? What's Ridge up to? I don't watch it, I just know some characters. Sure, bro. <laughs> sure, bro. <laughs> Even doing the same exercise. Same workout is less effective to your body's growth. You, you know that, Mark. You can't always be working out your biceps. you got, you got to shock your body system a little bit. you got to do something a little bit different. Personal trainers know this. I used to have a personal trainer. You probably can't tell now, but I, I, used, I used to go to the gym quite a bit. And he would shock my system, which would cause growth. And if I was to resist him, if I was to say, no, you don't know what you're talking about, I wouldn't have benefited from that program. So three pillars to a spiritual, a healthy spiritual life. It's not just the food that we intake. It's the exercise. It's the rest. And I think often we we can find ourselves in traps of just going for it exercising, doing the, the works of God. It is important. Faith without works is dead. But if we're not resting, if we're not replenishing, if we're not eating in between, it's really easy to just become tired and, and weary and and find ourselves just doing the, the religious activities. It just becomes religious. It's not out of relationship anymore. And, and this break that we've had... It has just been such a a huge blessing. You know, we were able to just switch off for most of it and we were able to just spend time with God and and just lap up His Word. And there, there was certain things that were playing on my mind towards the end of last year about the different challenges of ministry, how tiring it can sometimes get. If I'm completely honest, and I thought, is this going to be like this for the rest of my life? (laughs) But as as we switched off, as I spent more time in the Word, in His presence, you know what God showed me? The personal trainer that God is, (laughs) the gentle personal trainer that He was, Jesus the PT. PT. He shocked my system. Can you believe that? He shocked my system. (laughs) I was up to Revelations. And he talked about, in Revelation 2.10, He who overcomes shall not, shall not be hurt by the second death. Verse 17. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. Be faithful unto death. Overcome. Persevere. And God was kind of like shocking my system and saying, what are you kind of complaining about? <laughs> The churches in the book of Revelations were facing life and death. And and God was urging them, overcome, endure, persevere. Oh, all right. All of a sudden, my little Western world issues aren't that bad. (laughs) But God gave me that perspective in that time of rest, in the time of eating and replenishing, And I think he he prepackaged it perfectly, like the manner where he knew the very words that would just resonate in my heart for me to just say, "Yes, God, it's not that bad." In hindsight, really, it's not that bad, God. Yes, there's serious things happening. There's also good things happening too. And God's saying, "Will you endure? Will you persevere? Will you overcome?" Don't throw away that crown that is set before you. It talks about it in Revelations. Don't throw away your crown that is awaiting you your faithfulness. So God, I sense my snickers just start to melt <laughs> is wanting to shock some of us this morning in, in a loving, customised, genuine way where He knows your situation inside out, uniquely, that no one else knows about. But He has a way to get you back on track. Yes, there's seasons of rest. Yes, there's seasons of just taking it easy. But God is saying there's a lifetime of His goodness, of His promises as you endure, as you overcome, as you persevere. He wants to grow you into the image of His Son, to build that resilience, that strength. And it comes out of stress and rest. You may have heard that saying, seek rest and you find boredom, but seek work and you might find rest. It's a healthy balance. So let's not just be people of works and no rest and no time with God because I, I don't want to be known for that. It will burn us out quickly. It will tire us, tire us. It'll make us not want to be part of the church and just think everything's religious. He wants us to work. He wants us to rest. He wants us to eat well. So So this morning, we're going to come around communion. If our awesome ushers can uh, bring the communion to the front. We've got a station halfway at the back too. You know, um, we announced it yesterday at our leaders' retreat. We're going to continue these summer services, which you've uh, kind of gotten used to over December, January, the 10 a.m. We're going to continue with the single services every Sunday morning because we, we just sense that God wants to just do more. on on our Sunday mornings and not be necessarily restricted by the pressure of another service where we may have to, uh, you know, stop things short a little bit, but perhaps experience more of his freedom. And the flip side to that as well is, because Pastor Dan and I were chatting about this before we we launched the single summer services, Pastor Dan said, "I, I actually think that we need to just stick with it from here on out at the end of November, I think that, that makes sense, given where we, we sense the Holy Ghost wants to take, take us in, in, in letting our, our people experience more and more of His presence in worship. But all, we also felt that we needed to bring back the Encounter Nights. So here, who's been around for a while and, and remembers those Tuesday night Encounter Nights? There's a lot of excitement for the Encounter Nights. And we're going to bring it back for our Sunday night services, our Sunday night and encounter nights. And that's going to be coming on the 8th of March. We have Evangelist Andrew Cannon from the UK coming to speak and help us launch that nighttime service. So we're pretty excited for this year. There's, there's some changes that's already starting to take place. Effectively, what we, we want to do is just Open up the space for more and more people to to join us in communion, in fellowship, in worship, in hearing the Word of God. Who's excited about the Sunday night encounter nights? You know, some people uh, we, we found can't make it practically to a Sunday morning as well with either work or sporting events. So it really just makes sense and, and in fact we, we agreed on it and then f- a few days later Anthony our uh, head of ushering said hey we kind of miss I have something to um, run past you but I'm not sure how, how you take it but we're thinking probably makes sense we just stick to one service and things that we need to do but also we miss the Tuesday night and counter nights and so it, it, there's been some uh, confirmations for us that we're going to roll with this but to pull it off can I, can I kindly ask that we roll up our sleeves as a family, that we exercise the faith that we've been given, that we eat well, that we work well, but we rest well as well. We couldn't do the encounter nights relying on the same team that we have now. We really can only do it with the help Of more and more of our fire family but it's a joy to serve it's a joy to be part of the harvest to know that you've played a part in someone's salvation you know I've I've heard of people walking away from even entering the church building because the the greeters were looking a little bit rude or, or whatnot thankfully in this church that hasn't been the case in fact there's a story of a a friend who's asking God for a sign I, I need to get back to church and God said to him you're going to find home there I might be missing some details about what exactly he said to you there but you're going to find home there what I haven't told you yet my friend is we had Murphy, a worship leader that you saw here before we were a little bit short on ushers for our first worship and wonders night in 2019, So he donned a ushering blue t-shirt, faithful man that he is. And I just said, hey, why don't you um just tell people, welcome home. We saw someone from our previous church who's kind of like looking for a church home. So I thought, let's this, this be a little bit cheeky. We know her. Let's just say to her, welcome home. And we did. And we had a good laugh. And then, do you mind if I share the story? Juan comes from the car park. And Murphy was already on the roll to a few different people. Welcome home, welcome home. And then Juan, hearing this word from God, you're gonna find your, your home. And Murphy said to him, Welcome home. <laughs> He's been with us ever since. What, what I thought was just a light-hearted kind of humor, God will use. God will use anything. But this word this morning isn't just about the eating yes it is about the eating but also if all we do is just eat and not exercise and not rest effectively it just becomes about us and so I want to bring in just a, a word this morning that is balanced in a way that yes it's about eating right but yes also it's about living working and resting right There's seasons of rest that we need to get into. If you're new to the church, there's perhaps a time where you just need to settle in and get to know people before you put up your hand. I get that too, but perhaps after a while, it's time to exercise. It's time to build that strength in your faith, to build that resilience. So this morning, can we gather around the communion? Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website firechurch.com.au.